Welcome on in, lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike. Another live edition of Bet on Lacrosse. We're getting right into it, punctual as always, because we have so much to get into. NLL playoffs, and there is all kinds of betting implications to get into outside of the quite obvious terrific action that we all have coming up. It's a beautiful time of year to be a lacrosse fan a month away from PLL action as well. So we got playoffs all over the, the PLLs right on the heels as well. So plenty to get into here. I'm Dan Alexander. Happy to be here with you. Always enjoy doing these live Twitter spaces and we can, you know, all exchange some ideas hive mind so we can really beat up the bookies. Brian Andrews also with us, one of my go-to NLL guys. He's going to be breaking down this week's action alongside Hutton Jackson. Have some actionable info for you, and we also have some kind of more macro betting stuff we're getting into. Maybe you've heard or seen these terms, arbitrage or middle or hedge floating around. We're going to break down exactly what that is and how you can be making money on it. Brian, how are we doing today, man? Good, man. I was really stoked to see an arbitrage opportunity in the wild for the first time. You've been seeing a lot of this on, uh, on on Twitter, just people talking about because it was a really great spot in the NLL last week where if you shop around, Hutton Jackson always loves telling you line shop, line shop, line shop. If you did that, you had free money in your pocket last week because an arbitrage opportunity presented itself. So, Brian, I'm going to throw it your way. Um, you know, just as far as, you know, you, you hear a lot of these terms, and I feel like a lot of novice bettors are maybe a little bit apprehensive to, you know, ask because they don't want to get destroyed by gambling Twitter, which can be uh, nefarious to say the least of, you know, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing. That's what this show is all about. Yes, we talk lacrosse, but we also try and inform you as people who are maybe newer to betting. What are these terms? What do they mean? I personally don't think any question is a stupid question. Even if you're trying to understand what a money line is, that's uh, that's how we can all learn from each other. So this term has come up a lot this past week on gambling lacrosse Twitter arbitrage. Now, when you hear that term, Brian, what does it really mean? And I guess maybe the way to break it down would be use the example that we had this last week where we had free money in our pocket by a nice catch that you guys had by line shopping. Yeah, so uh, there was a line set by Caesars initially in DraftKings where uh, they had both teams at plus money. So on one book, you could get the Seals at plus money, and then on the other book, you could get the Warriors at plus money. So arbitrage is kind of like, a very unique and unlikely opportunity uh, where you're not really making a bet. You're just kind of taking advantage of a a mistake from, uh, from the books. And what you need to look out for the easy ones to look out for, like what I just described, where you can get each team at plus money. It has to be, it has to be more than plus 100. So you can't just get your money back. You have to get more than your money back. So plus one Oh five or higher for each team. Um, those are the easy ones to spot because the lines are just flipped on the books. Uh, and we actually got DraftKings uh, to flip their line, but then MGM did it. So by DraftKings flipping their line, it, 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 we had three different books doing a dance of flipped lines. And if you just pay close enough attention, just by a cursory glance on the money line, you could take advantage of these opportunities. But they're super rare, which is why they're called an arbitrage opportunity. Uh, but it, it doesn't always have to just be that books have their lines flipped. There's also cases where books don't pay close enough attention uh, to each other's lines, and they can have it set up where if you have a, a favorite 
and it's the same favorite on two books, for example, right? But if say the favorite's like minus one fifty and uh or sorry, the favorite is like say like minus two eighty and the underdog's like plus one fifteen, right? There's a reason why the, the book doesn't do uh like minus one fifty plus one fifty, because you could bet on both of those lines and guarantee yourself money. So you can kind of game the uh a single book that way. So the favorite's always gonna be a lower negative number than the underdog is on the money line. And if you but so if you find a case where the underdog's uh two eighty but the favorite's one fifty, for example, and another book has the favorite at like minus one fifty around. So the plus number and the minus number, the actual number themselves are close to the close enough to each other. You can do a quick calculation like bet five on each or bet five on uh, the favorite and four on the underdog, for example, and you can guarantee yourself some money. And then obviously if you do the calculation, you uh, figure out that you can get money in either scenario by making both of those bets, you can increase your bankroll uh, like Dan never suggests to do outside of these circumstances and uh, get yourself a nice uh, chunk of change in your pocket for basically no risk. But it's really rare. Like you really have to like take your time and scour all of the different lines that are offered because it rarely happens. And we're actually really close to one this weekend. I don't want to go on forever about this, but we're actually really close to one this weekend because uh, the Seals Wings is a is a 2.5 line on the spread. On MGM, the minus 2.5 is plus 100, and the uh, plus 2.5 is minus 125 on uh DraftKings. And if that plus line was a little bit higher, we would we would absolutely have another arbitrage opportunity this weekend across books, but it's just close enough that it doesn't work. Uh and I I got really excited cuz I thought I found another one immediately, but it that's how that's how rare it is. Like we get really excited around here. So you got to keep an eye out not just for where the lines are flipped, but for where the positive and the negative numbers across uh books are close enough that you can guarantee yourself some money. So it takes a little bit of math there. Yeah. And I think too, you made a great point as well that, you know, you're really never trying to expend your entire bankroll, but there are very few times when you are betting that you are going to have a sure thing. I I would say what 99.9999% of the time you're trying to formulate a good handicap, feel good about a bet. When an opportunity presents itself, and this is why if you're actually interested in making money sports betting, and, you know, even if it's just a negligible amount, like we're all recreational bettors, we're not, you know, betting a a huge portion of our salaries on these games or anything like that. We're very upfront about that. But if you are serious about making money, even if it's a modest amount, you need to have multiple outs. And I understand that some places, um, they only have one regulated book. So you don't have this opportunity yet um, unless you're doing offshores. And again, that unpacks a whole entire different thing to talk about. I personally am not in favors of offshores. I've heard all the horror stories about when they shut down overnight. You, you know, you're waiting for somebody to pay you and, and they, they say, oh, you know, I'll pay you on Tuesday. And then you check back Tuesday. You still have nothing in your account. I've heard the horror stories first-hand accounts, not just hearing them through the vine. I've had buddies, I've had colleagues who have gotten completely screwed by betting offshores. Not saying they're all awful. 
I just personally think betting on regulated sports books is the better, safer, and smarter route to go. I don't knock anybody who doesn't, but um, you know that's personally just how I go towards it. So you need to have multiple outs, and the reason is because when these golden goose eggs come along, you need to crack that thing open and get the money out because it doesn't happen. It is very rare. You know, we've been betting NLL this entire season. We've had one of these opportunities thus far. And, you know, we cashed in on it because we had savvy guys like Brian and Hutton who realized, hey, there's a spot right here where we are guaranteed money because of a mistake made. And, you know, you don't want to fault the odds makers. They're people just like us. You know, hopefully nobody's losing their jobs over it. But we as bettors need to take every tool that we have and every little edge that we can get and pound them into the ground because you're always laying that big. You're always laying that juice. And, you know, you walk into a sports book, pretty nice in there, right? The lights are always on there. Never seen a burnt out bulb in a sports book, in, unless maybe it's in Atlantic City. But that's a different uh, that's a different discussion. Uh, so, you know, we need to take any edges that we have as betters. And Hutton, I think Brian did a really good job kind of laying that out. I don't know if you have anything more to add or, um, you know, you know, continue this conversation on these arbitrages and also really just line shopping as a whole, how we can take advantage of it as better. So I think Brian did a great job laying it out. And I'm, I'm not sure if you have more to add on to it. No, I think he did an awesome job. And yeah, it just goes back to like what I've been saying, line shop. That's how I discovered the opportunity, you know, because um, BetMGM and DraftKings were both aligned in making the Seals underdogs in that game. And I saw that Caesars had the Warriors as underdogs. So that's kind of how the situation ar- arose. And like you said, too, being able to like, access your money, I was actually having trouble getting a deposit to go through with Caesars um, and end up you know, working out and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it, that's the other thing, too, with some of these opportunities. Um, it's not going to be you know, huge amounts of plus money. So you kind of have to have the bankroll to kind of make it work, too. Um, like, you know, if I placed a, a unit, I usually place a unit or a half a unit on most of my bets. I placed 30 units on each side of this because I was able to net me um, you know, a larger payout because of that. Now you got to have access to those funds too. Um, but when it's guaranteed that you're going to win, um, you know, it makes sense. It's really just how, how much, you know, capital you have at your disposal, but yeah, just being aware of these opportunities. Um, you know, once I placed my own bet, I shared it with you guys, shared it with a, a few colleagues and put it out there. And quickly the lines were either flipping on DraftKings or they were locking the money line like that MGM did. Caesar stuck to their guns, which, you know, if you're the sports book, uh, that's probably kind of, I don't know. I, I don't really know how these sports books kind of handle these types of situations because you don't want to be too overreactionary like DraftKings did and kind of allow people to bet both sides on your book. But, um, you know, then with Caesars, you get hammered really hard on either side too. Um, that could also be a negative result for Caesars. They were happy to take my money because the Warriors did end up losing. Um, but for me, I didn't care because I had money on both sides. So yeah, definitely keep an eye out for these opportunities. And like I said, line shop, even if you're not finding arbitrage opportunities, you can find a bit of an edge. Uh, last week, um, unfortunately, I'd already bet it on DraftKings, but uh, the over-under was 22 and a half in, I believe, the Panther City rush game. And on Caesars, it was 22. And that total ended up being 22. So you got to push if you ended up betting on Caesars or if you bet on DraftKings like me, you end up losing that bet um, by the hook. So just just another thing to be aware of is, you know, I had already placed my bet, so I was kind of missed out on that. But be aware that sometimes you can get slight edge and even that half that half point can make a huge difference, um, even if you're laying a little bit more. I, I tend to, you know, I think it was like minus 115 for 22 and a half and it was uh, minus 125 
to get the 22. I always err on the side of taking that that half point if you like the play, just because you never know. Like you, you'd rather cash a bet or push a bet um, than you know maybe get a little extra if it does hit. So um, that's kind of my uh, my voice of reason with the, that type of put those type of plays. I'll tell you what, a, a single tear rolls down my face as you and I when we first uh, you know got together and we're, and we're talking about, you know, betting in the lacrosse space and, you know, how to grow. And we came up with the weekend wager that I would write, um, you know, come a long way has Hutton Jackson from the modest beginnings of editing the weekend wager to now moving markets with a single tweet. I love it, man. That, that uh, proud, proud betting, uh, betting brother right here on that one. Um, JB, I just want to bring you in before we get into some best bets. We're all here kind of on the East Coast and messing with the books that we have. And I'm talking about this line shopping. I, I always forget to ask, you know, are you having an opportunity where you're able to line shop at all where you're at? I know also, you know, with the business that you have, um, a lot of what you do is through DraftKings. Um, you know, that's the sports book that I really use the, the most frequently. Um, I'm just wondering how you kind of attack line shopping. And in your area, are there different available markets where you're able to do that? Um, and if not, how do you kind of how do you kind of tackle that? Yeah. Uh, once again, I'm definitely a big advocate for line shopping. Like we've all been saying the past couple minutes here, it's it's really, really advantageous to get a good line on a play and take advantage and get some money. Um, that's the way you're able to kind of build a bankroll long term and, and also kind of um, pump your spirits up while doing it as well. I definitely uh, kind of have access to when it comes to lacrosse. There's there's primary two books here in Indiana. I've been using DraftKings and BetMGM, and I've found that BetMGM sometimes has the better line options. Sometimes the prices are a little bit better here and there, just depending on the week. But I've, I've really found some success with BetMGM. But with DraftKings, of course, that's my preferred book as well. I know uh, I've been a huge, huge advocate for DraftKings being with front office sports and our partnership with them. Um, so if you don't have a uh, DraftKings account, hop on those those right now. But yeah, DraftKings seems to have more options when it comes to diversity, when it, when it comes to lacrosse as far as lines and also live options here and there depending on the game. I know we've talked about that in the past. There's been a few matchups that have provided live lines. But also when it comes to the PLL, DraftKings pro- provides player props. So that's also a, a huge avenue to kind of get into. But yeah, when it comes to line shopping, I'm a huge advocate. And being here in Indiana, luckily I I do have options when it comes to bet MGM and DraftKings, but hopefully here in the future, I think more books are kind of going to catch on to lacrosse and how lucrative it can be and its fan base and how passionate they are. So I wouldn't be surprised if this summer with the PLL getting underway that we see more, more books adopting lacrosse. Yeah, great. And, and you've already seen it. You know, there was uh, there was one dance in town last season, and now we already have a couple different books who are getting into it. You have NLL lines, you have NCAA. So it's only getting bigger. Hop on now. Don't miss the wave. So, guys, let's pivot on into our NLL matchups. I'm going to hand the mic on over to Hutton and Brian. We got some favorite plays, and we also have some things to get into, um, you know, just, uh, just some more macro stuff. So, Hutton, Mike is yours. Turn the NLL, I mean – you know, we got eight teams in. Uh, it was a thriller between the Wings and Georgia. So my Georgia Swarm futures ticket went to die, but happy to see the Wings in as well. Um, and I'm just going to run down the, the futures odds a little bit. So you got Bandits plus 115. Um, they are the odds on favorite 
not even close really. Um, and then you got the Seals at plus 400. They ended up taking that top seed in the West with their win last week. Rocket plus 450. Um, they're going to take on the Thunderbirds that are plus 550. Mammoth plus 1200. They're taking on Calgary plus 2500. Calgary's the longest odds right now, plus 2500. Um, Firewolves plus 1600. They ended up getting that fourth seed in the East, taking on the Bandits first round, and the Wings are the wild card. So they're actually in the West bracket despite being an East team, and they'll play the Seals at plus 1800 on the futures market. Mention Calgary being the longest odds. They were actually plus 5,000 right after they clinched a playoff spot. So there's some teams like the Wings and Firewolves that had shorter odds than them to win the championship despite not securing a playoff berth yet. Swarm are another team that now are not in the playoffs. So very interesting there how Vegas is kind of viewing Calgary as the longest odds, despite actually being a favorite in their matchup against the Mammoth. So I'll start with one of my favorite plays this week, um, and that is taking the Mammoth on the money line and placing a future on Calgary. Now, my logic here is that those kind of sound contradictory, but it kind of goes back into our discussion about the arbitrage betting and stuff. If you place a future on Calgary, let's say you do a half unit on them at, uh, you know, plus 2,500, uh, you have the chance to win 12 and a half units if they end up winning the championship. Now, my thought process here is do that, place a unit on Mammoth Moneyline. If the Mammoth win, you cover your bet on Calgary despite Calgary being out and you missing out on the future. Calgary wins. Your future's still alive, and you're just taking pretty much essentially a unit out of what your potential winnings will be, and you keep kind of doing that. So I think if Calgary wins um, and you have that future, it sets you up for their next playoff series. They're in the semis. They only need essentially four wins to win a championship from them that point on. Um, and I would, you know, I would fade them in elimination games to kind of cover your 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 ass and hedge there. So, you know, if they end up going down a game in this next series, if they do advance, you know, you bet the the other team to win. Um, Calgary, honestly, where they're at, too, like I said, they're they're favored against the Mammoth. I honestly think if the Wings win, they're going to be favored against the Wings. Um, You know, I'm pretty sure of that. If the Seals win, they've beaten the Seals. They might even be favored against the Seals, and even if they're not favored, it might be a pick So you're still going to get pretty good odds on the opposite opposite side, which helps your hedge opportunity. So no, I'm talking a lot of math here, but I think having a calorie ticket in hand at plus 2,500 is a very smart move, depending on what you do. Um, even if you decide not to do any hedge, it's just a nice ticket to have because there's so much value on it. Um, and I can guarantee if they win this game against the Mammoth, it's going to drop drastically. You're going to go from eight teams to four teams. Bet that you're not going to be able to get plus twenty five hundred. Uh, probably be in the you know late hundreds. You know they're probably looking at plus eight hundred um, at best if they win this game. So that's kind of how I would approach that. I know Brian, you have a play in this game as well that's separate from the side. Uh, I'll toss to you to kind of fill in the void from what I missed. Um, but what kind of how are you playing this game between the Mammoth and the Roughnecks? Uh, I'm following you on the play that you just described with with the hedging opportunity. Um, but in addition to that the mammoth and the roughnecks just played last week. And uh, I put out an article in like, I don't know, late March or early April that talked about teams playing twice in a row. It's kind of like a proxy for uh, how a series might play out. And we kind of already have one somehow. And I didn't even realize it until uh, today. And uh, so I really like the total in this game. It's set at 21 and a half, which I mean, we don't get much variation in the totals, but I, li- I like the line because the score of the last game was 14, 11. And what we tend to see is the second game 
on average, the total score of the game is minus 4.25. So uh, four and a quarter less goals on average. And uh, the last time these two teams played in a row, the first score was 14-10, and then the second game was 9-7. So I'm kind of like betting the scores decreasing are definitely – there's definitely some influence where uh, depending on sometimes who your goalie is, your goalie gets hot in the next game. He knows how the other team shoots. He knows what the offensive scheme is. You know where where the shots are coming from and when to expect them. Uh, The defense can – shut down their top player in some cases. Uh, every team is different. Every matchup is different. Uh, but we've already seen this story once before, and I think it's I think it could be likely that it happens again. So I really like the under in this game, uh, just how teams have been playing each other back-to-back and and uh, how low scoring a lot of those second games have been. The Mammoth played the, the Warriors kind of towards the beginning of the season. One, the first week it was 18-15. The next game was 9-4. So uh, with – you know, Dylan Ward and uh, Del Bianco and Cage. Like, I don't see this game going above 25. So I, I actually see it being a lot lower scoring. Um, and not not even to mention, like, you know, Roughnecks having Zach Courier, he's going he's gonna to totally neutralize the Mammoth offense. So, yeah, I really no, like doing that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you mentioned Ward and Del Bianco, two of the best boys in the league. Uh, maybe not playing at a high level earlier in the season, but starting to get back to form recently, especially Del Bianco, who's been as good as anybody in the past couple games. Um, and I definitely think this environment's going to play to the under as well. Um, and then, you know, the Wings Seals game is another game I think we both like. Um, getting the plus two and a half uh, there, which is rare to see in pro lacrosse. We got another plus two, we got to have another two and a half spread between the Bandits and Firewolves. Maybe not as advantageous as this Wings one, but the Wings. Two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, just beat the Seals in overtime. So I really like this plus two and a half play. Um, you know, I, I just think it's a it's a smart play. You know, uh, I think the Wings have shown they can beat the Seals. Seals are good. They haven't played well recently. The la- last time they just got that first win in over a month this past week. So that was a good monkey off their back. But uh, yeah, I kind of like back in the Wings plus two and a half. You don't need them to win. You just need them to keep it close. Um, I don't know anything to add on that, Brian, in terms of back in the wings. I know a little bit of a homer play uh, with the wings so close to me and you guys are wings fans. So, but um, it feels like a smart play to me. It's, it's definitely a little bit of a homer play because on paper, it's kind of a bad play. The wings are awful at covering the spread. They're the worst team by a wide margin at covering the spread in the entire league. So it's a little bit of a homer play, but it's also it's also a little bit of a fade of the Seals defense and, and Chiliano. They've been really struggling. They, they just beat the Warriors by one, and that was their first win in over a month. And when you go back and look at their stats, I know I know uh, looking at the numbers for Chiliano is not totally indicative. It also means the defense are giving up shots in places that are disadvantageous for the goalie. But his save percentage has been really low. There was a game where he, he only had like 23 saves, like 60% save percentage. For lacrosse fans, we're normally like, oh, my God. But in the NLL, it's like, oh, my God, that's like literally the worst you can possibly do. Uh, so it's a little bit of a fate of their defense right now. And even though the the Wings basically need games to go into overtime to win, uh, I think that their offense is finding its rhythm again a little bit. And uh, I don't think 
either side of the floors kind of firing on all cylinders for the seals. So I, I think, I, I think the wings could even like win this game, but I do think the cover is the right call. I'm definitely not laying points with the seals right now with how they've been playing for over a month. The warriors are struggling. And the fact that they only beat them by one is indicative of a continuation of the problems they've been having. Yeah. Now, and you mentioned the wings haven't been good at covering either of the seals, you know, and the wings were failing to cover mostly when they were favorites now, as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, I don't think they've been two-and-a-half-point underdogs in any game so far. Um, it kind of, you know, is, is a good play there. And like we said, the Seals um, not covering themselves really well as well. So just, you know, pure numbers play, I think the two-and-a-half is the right move. I personally like the Firewolves plus two-and-a-half as well. They beat the Bandits earlier in the season. They also lost by more than three goals to the Bandits earlier in the season as well. So, um, you know, but I just think in a playoff environment, you know, I think Doug Jamison, it's again, uh, if you look at all these teams, goaltending is huge for all these playoff teams. You can't look at any of these teams and find a weak goaltender. And uh, I think that's uh, evident, you know, in the playoff teams is you have to have good goaltending and goaltending sends a play towards the under. I'm not taking any unders this week. Although, you know, Calgary, Colorado may have convinced me. Um, but I think that's indicative of it being tight. And as good as the Bandits have looked, I think the Firewolves can hang around. So it's probably only a half unit play for me on Firewolves plus two and a half. But I think there is some value there. Um, I think they're going to keep it close. Although I do think the Bandits will ultimately win this game. Um, I'm, I'm kind of playing both plus two and a halves. I mean, you got to. Uh, one, I just want to loop back to the Wings for like one other point. You, you brought up goaltending, which is a great point. Because if you're if you're – Goaltenders just kind of off in the NLL, like shots just start falling and it's impossible to keep up. And uh, Higgins, the wings goalie has been an absolute showstopper. I know, I know they're in overtime all the time, but it's not because it's because Higgins is making the saves to keep them in the game. It's not because Higgins is letting up goals that he shouldn't. That man stands on his head so frequently and he's so good. And I think that he's going to be able to keep them in the game against the seals again. How about it, boys? Man, there's a lot of knowledge being dropped out here on the Bet on Lacrosse show. One of our longer editions here, nearly an hour and a half of lacrosse betting goodness. We do it because nobody else is doing it. Huge thanks again to Larkin Kemp dropping in. If you missed that part of the show, um, this is recorded. This is archived. You can also like, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, And you can just stay in your Twitter feed as well to check out our episodes here. Um, But just to recap again, we got the Wings getting the two and a half. Blaze Reardon, give us some more, uh, you know, uh, even if it's just, you know, some end of the game heroics or whatever, diving into the crease. Hey, let's get that two and a half home. Maybe even pull the upset for us homers. Hutton's also looking towards the Firewolves getting the two and a half. We're looking at the uh, the Colorado under 21 and a half for Brian. And we also were saying, you know, maybe some value on going some Mammoth money line plus 100 and also taking Calgary to win the title at 2,500. Little, uh, you know, kind of hedge opportunity there that could potentially be making you some money there that Hutton broke down as well. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of Bet on Lacrosse. For my guys, Justin Byers, front office sports business writer. Follow him. Check out all of his work. Doing a great job over there. Follow Brian Andrews and Hutton Jackson. For the crew, I'm Dan Alexander. We'll talk to you next week, hopefully with a little bit more money in our pocket. Good luck this week.